Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why, hello there. It's Jennifer, Art Curious host in your ears today with our short form Friday roundup of my favorite art history updates and interesting news tidbits. This is Art Curious News This Week, and this will get you up to date on some of the latest goings-on in the realm of art history. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022, and this week was one of those where I had about a dozen news tabs open on my laptop with ideas for potential stories to share with you today. It's not usually easy for me to narrow down the latest and greatest of news, but today was especially difficult. But regardless, here are my top choices for the week, and they are actually all pretty good news, or at least they show possibilities. First off, this week, two separate studies announced findings that U.S. museums are increasing in diversity. First, the Black Trustee Alliance for Art Museums, which is an organization that was established in 2021 to, quote, dismantle barriers that block the entry and advancement of Black staff and leadership in the cultural field, compiled survey responses from 134 art museums around the country and noted that more than half of them, 83 in total, have at least one Black member as part of their board of trustees. This is an improvement to a previous study on trusteeship that was performed in 2017 by the American Alliance of Museums, who found that at that time, less than half of U.S. museum boards had people of color in their leadership and oversight committees. A second report, this time courtesy of the Mellon Foundation, similarly noted improvement in the diversity of U.S. museum staff, and they received responses from more than 30,000 individuals spread across over 320 museums. The key word in the Mellon report, though, for me is moderate, meaning that their findings aren't showing vast improvement in diversity. But for me, improvement of any sort is great, and hopefully it will signal that there is more change to come. According to their findings, 27% of museum staff included in the report represented themselves as people of color back in 2015. And now, in 2022, that number has risen to 36%. Even better, the number of Black folks in managerial positions has more than doubled in that time period. And women, who have consistently been represented more in museum settings in the past 20 years than men, are still holding steady, but are entering more museum leadership positions, with 66% of institutions reporting women in those roles. All of this is great. Really, really great. But of course, it doesn't mean that everything is smooth sailing. According to the Mellon Report, the growth of diversity of U.S. museums has long been in departments like facilities, education, and security, which are all these areas that have historically held the most diverse members of a museum staff. And at the board of trustee level, diverse folks, especially black people, tend to be relegated more frequently to committees for diversity, equality, and inclusion, and not as much to other areas like collections, construction, and acquisitions. But again, all of this data is still helpful, because even though these aren't extraordinary changes yet, 
The growth of underrepresented folks across race, gender, sexuality, income, and more is a net positive as museums worldwide work harder to present art and spaces to view that art that are more easily reflective of their own diverse visitorship. And studies like this help museums to work smarter, too. As leaders of the Black Trustee Alliance noted in a statement that accompanied their report, quote, Looking ahead, we understand the importance of establishing a benchmark from which we can measure changes in the field, because creating an equitable institution takes time. Next up, the art newspaper reported this week that Banksy, that mysterious street artist, had a double win via a European Union Board of Appeals this week. Earlier this year, the EU's Intellectual Property Office declared that a trademark on Banksy's image of an ape was invalid, though Pest Control, which is the name of the organization that authenticates Banksy Works, did file a trademark for the ape design in 2018 and officially registered it in 2019. A greeting company titled Full Color Black established a lawsuit against them and claimed that the work was trademarked in quote-unquote bad faith since it was not distinctive enough. Banksy has been using this particular image of an ape, which is one that's emblazoned with a sandwich board around his neck, since at least 2002, and it has populated several works since that time, including this spray paint on metal work that sold at Sotheby's in 2021 for just shy of $3 million. So win number one for Banksy this week because the EU decided to overturn that particular trademark lawsuit. But the most important element of the suit is this, the second Banksy win. Banksy can stay Banksy, an anonymous entity. According to Art News, quote, A previous dispute over the copyright to Banksy's flower thrower found that if Banksy could not be identified as the unquestionable owner of his graffiti, as his identity is a secret, it further cannot be established without question that the artist holds any copyrights to a graffiti. Unquote. Now, that's a little bit of a brain bender, but essentially it establishes that not only can Banksy hold on to his trademarks, but that his identity can stay concealed. And really, isn't that the best part about Banksy? That he's this joker who seems to pop up in a location like in Ukraine recently and that he creates a works of art and then seemingly disappears? Banksy would lose his Banksiness, I say, if we found out who he or she or they really are, really is. This win for Banksy, in my mind, then, is really a win for us all. And P.S., if you want to know a little bit more about Banksy, I did a bonus episode of Art Curious live from the Alamo Draft House here in Raleigh, North Carolina, a couple of years back, where I talked about the mysterious maker himself. I will link to this in the show notes today and on the episode's blog post over at artcuriouspodcast.com. More stories are coming at you from Art Curious News this week, so please support me and the show by listening to a couple of quick ads or join me over at Patreon and support the show ad-free for the price of a latte. We will be right back. Thanks for listening. A few years ago, I began composting in my backyard. But has it been easy? Oh, no, definitely not. My family is constantly fretting about the composition of green waste versus brown matter. Am I throwing in too many banana peels and not enough cardboard? Are the coffee grounds going to break down into something that will be healthy for my plants? In short, I love composting, but it's kind of complicated to actually do it. But then I got a Lomi. 
Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps into dirt in under four hours. So with just the push of a button, my food scraps, even those mystery containers of takeout that are languishing in the back of my fridge, are gone. All done without the mess and the smell. And when it runs, it is quieter than my dishwasher. And it feels good, too. Since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. And that means I'm not putting stuff in landfills and producing methane as much. Instead, I'm turning my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. So I have way less garbage, I am minimizing my personal carbon footprint, and I'm helping to grow my garden with less effort, confusion, and mess. So win, 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 win. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash ArtCurious and use the promo code ArtCurious to get $50 off your Lomi. That is $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash ArtCurious and use promo code ArtCurious at checkout. Food waste is gross, but Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. Ladies, holiday parties and events are just around the corner. Are you ready to look your best? Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Now, we all know with dressing up, there's always the lack of comfort that comes with shapewear. And most shapewear makes you feel like you're suffocating, but not Honey Love. Honey Love is on a mission to create the most comfortable and effective shape layer for all of us ladies out there. And as I reflect on the year, there are a few things that I am thankful for, and one of them is Honey Love. And that's a serious statement, because I feel cool and comfy when I wear their best-selling Super Power Short. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing away your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body and not against it. And I feel comfortable showing off and feeling awesome about myself when I wear it. Plus, you won't have to worry about them rolling down, which for me is almost unheard of in shapewear. And this piece is also a booty lifter. There are boost bands on the back of the thigh that give your bum amazing shape. And Honey Love doesn't stop there. They have more than just shapewear. They also have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. We can get a little body conscious around the holidays, but our friends at Honey Love Shapewear have you covered. You deserve to feel good and save big this holiday season. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. And Honey Love should be the number one gift to yourselves this holiday season, whether it's for a wedding, Thanksgiving feast, or an everyday boost of confidence. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code ARTCURIOUS. Use code ARTCURIOUS at honeylove.com. Feel and look as sexy as possible this holiday with Honey Love Shapewear. Ladies, you deserve it. Welcome back to Art Curious and our news this week. For the last story today, I am returning to another one of my favorite artists over here at Art Curious, and one whom I feel like we've been talking a lot about recently, which is extra cool. This week, art restorers in Florence, Italy, began a restoration project on a long-censored painting by none other than the great Artemisia Gentileschi, the famed Baroque painter and one of the most important women in Italian art. This work, a piece from 1616, is titled Allegory of Inclination, and it features a life-size female who was originally painted nude, as many allegorical figures are. This one is cool in terms of its backstory. 
it was commissioned by none other than Michelangelo Buonarroti the Younger, or the great nephew of Michelangelo himself, in a Florentine building that was once owned by the artist Michelangelo Buonarroti, and that was then passed down to his nephew Leonardo and finally to Michelangelo the Younger. Artemisia received this commission when she was about 22 years old, and she had relocated to Florence in the aftermath of her infamous and horrendous rape trial in her hometown of Rome. Allegory of Inclination was, in the words of Linda Falcone, a member of the Artemisia Up Close project, quote, In the Florentine context, her debut painting, the same year that she was then accepted into the Academy of Drawing, which was the first drawing academy in Europe at the time. It was a debut that allowed for Artemisia's acceptance into the highest realm of artsy Florence, a painting that essentially burst her onto the scene as an important Baroque painter in an important cultural city. Falcone continues, quote, She was able to hobnob with Galileo and with other great thinkers. So this almost illiterate woman was suddenly at the university level, producing works of art that were then appreciated by the Grand Duke, and she became a courtly painter. From then on. Not that Gentileschi necessarily impressed everyone in Florence. About 70 years after Allegory of Inclination's completion, another member of the Buonarotti clan brought in a painter to add modest drapery to the nude figure, one that is, by the way, said to potentially be a self-portrait by Artemisia. The story goes that the figure was covered to preserve the delicate sensibilities of any women and children who might be milling about and thus might gaze upon the dreaded nude female form. And part of the restoration of this work was meant to return Allegory of Inclination to its original Artemisia-created nude state. But once lead conservator Elizabeth Wick and her team began analyzing the work, they discovered that though they can differentiate the layers of paint between Artemisia's handiwork and that of the later painter slash censor, the overpaint cannot be safely removed without damaging the work underneath it irrevocably. So instead, a digital reconstruction will be established to accompany the final restored work of art. Both of them will be on view as part of an exhibition chronicling the conservation project that is due to open in September of next year at the Casa Buonarroti. And if you happen to visit the Casa between now and April 2023, you can watch the work being restored in real time, and you can even enjoy a conversation with the conservation team every Friday. I am linking the details in today's blog posts for those of you lucky travelers who might be in and around Florence in the next six months so that you can learn more. One brief update before we go today. We've been closely following the actions of climate protesters for several months now as they've focused their campaigns on art as a vehicle to raise awareness for governmental action and environmental policy. This week, the International Council of Museums, or ICOM, released a statement regarding what they call climate activism actions in museums. In a brief but powerful statement that I think is made more explicit in that it comes at the same time as the COP27 meeting, the UN Climate Change Conference, that is currently occurring in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, ICOM states their equal concern about the threat to our planet from climate change, but asks that museums be seen as allies in the fight and not targets. In part, the statement reads, quote, ICOM wishes to recall the role of museums as key actors in initiating and supporting climate action with their communities and commends their commitment to this mission demonstrated through educational programs, dedicated exhibitions, community outreach, and research. 
ICOM calls attention to the impact that demonstrations could have on the work of museum professionals and volunteers who strive to protect and promote these valuable items of heritage for the enjoyment of the public. To reach the full transformative potential that museums have for sustainable development, ICOM wishes for museums to be seen as allies in facing the common threat of climate change. As usual, I am linking the story in the blog post so you can read the statement in full there. That is all I have for you today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Art Curious News this week. Just a little programming note that Art Curious News this week is going on a hiatus for the next few weeks. First, because next week is the Thanksgiving holiday for us in the U.S., so happy Thanksgiving for all of my stateside listeners. And after that, I am heading out of town again for a couple of weeks. But don't worry, because you will be getting fun YouTube content out of that one, so you can stay posted over there. So speaking of YouTube, a new release this week includes my very first video from my recent trip to the south of France with Like Minds Travel. And this one involves an overview of the completely awesome Musée Chagall. So if you are into modernism, you are not going to want to miss this one. In the meantime, thank you for all of your support and for listening today. And until next time, stay curious.